Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am Bradley. And joining me this time, he's sat in a corner crying his eyes out in the fetal position because only last week did he decide to unwrap his copy of Super Mario Brothers that had never been opened before, just to give it a play, just to give it a play, only to find out sealed copy went for $2 million. Are you over it yet, Stu? No, and I never will be. I need that money. I deserve that money. God damn it. That's ridiculous. $2 million for... There's there's something not right about that. I don't think that's normal. No. It's not a genuine sale. There's something behind that. It's going to play out over the next few weeks, months, maybe even years, I think, as some kind of massive scam. Could be. But whatever it is, it's, it's not right. You know, if it's completely on the level, that's still too dodgy. Like, people should not be spending that money. That's just crazy. It feels like a reaction to, you know, the state of the world. It's like, oh, you know, we're in the middle of a climate crisis and we're all going to die. But it's all right, because I managed to get hold of that game from my childhood. Which you can't play, otherwise it will drop in value. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, my, I would say if anyone's listening and they do have sealed video games of from years past, sell them now. Well, that's it, isn't if it? If you plan on never opening them, sell them now, because I don't think that market's going to get any better for you than it is right now. Yeah. If it is a scam, ride that wave all the way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That bump, get it before the bubble bursts, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I looked at my collection. I, I open all my games on the bus on the way home, so, you know, it's it's not a case. I've got no sealed games. <laughs> Ditto, pretty much. Oh, it's always a thing. On the bus, rip it open, read safety instructions and whatever other pamphlets there are just to make that time home seem quicker. Yeah, or, or reading the manual on the toilet. You know, it's the only time you ever read the manual. Yeah, yeah, it is. Do you know what else you can do on a toilet? What's that? You can play video games. Oh, yeah. Mm. So what have you been playing, either on or off the toilet? Well, I've been playing something that you can technically play on the toilet although i did it in a much more comfortable and you know less <laughs> upsetting environment of downstairs on the bidet yeah the bidet that's right no no it wasn't uh, a jet of water it was a, a jet of fun and inspiration that i got so i was playing uh, mini metro which you may have heard of yes so yes yeah so i as you'd you know, talked about them and said that Mini Metro and Mini Motorways had a, a bundle. It was really cheap. I thought I'd go in on it, even though it's not normally my kind of game. So, yeah, I did that, and I started with the original. And it's, it, the way it leads you in is really interesting, isn't it? So it, it does that thing of well, there's no real kind of major front end. You don't get, like, a splash screen and then go to starter and options and all that gubbins. It was, you know, the game is starting, and it's it's drawing it on the screen in front of you as you start. And I'm like, yes, I'm up for that. Um, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, within 10 minutes, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just randomly placing tracks now. <laughs> this is terrible. What do I was like, okay, so what does the original tube map look like? <laughs> I was trying to, like, picture it and go, right, I'll try and copy it. And where does this logically go? And like, I failed. I was like, oh, you you have exceeded too many passengers at one stop. And I was dead, in inverted commas. Yeah. But yeah, daunting as that introduction was, uh, it was very, a very fascinating intro. Yeah, it is. It's, I, 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 what, the same with that and mini motorways. What it doesn't do straight out the gate, it doesn't bombard you with, oh, these are the, uh, like the meta game almost. These are the little tactics you must know. It just goes... Draw crap on the screen. Get these to there. Off you go. That's the game. And that pretty much is the game. It's almost that Tetris level of simplicity. you got to get the passengers from here to there on that path. Absolutely as simple as that. And then it's only as you go you start realising different strategies that you needed. Where do you have interlinking stations? Is it wise here? Do you need them there? Do you actually need that? Or can you just get that doing a circle? And and so on and so forth. It's really, really clever in the way it layers the complexity on top of it, but never overwhelms you to the point where you can't play it. Yes, you'll get overwhelmed and fail, but you never get overwhelmed in terms of this is how the game plays and this is what you need to do. Yeah, cool. Now, that, that's good to know as well, because... 
I get quite easily overwhelmed with strategy because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> so if there's a zombie apocalypse, don't ask me, you know, where where we need to go for food and for guns and for, you know, chopping the heads off zombies because I would be useless. I'd be like, yeah, just, just wear your shirt, you know, shorts and T-shirt, you'll be fine. My tactic on the zombie apocalypse is to paint a target on my neck and just, just do it there now. Yeah, might as well get it out of the way. That'll do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I'm enjoying. I've not played a lot of it, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Good. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic game. It's the uh, as I said, it's that level of simplicity in terms of the mechanics. You know what you're doing within ten seconds of playing that game. It gets very, very difficult to manage and juggle everything in the end, but you know what you're doing, which is why you're okay going back again, time and time and time again. But it's a gateway drug. I'm going to tell you now, it's a gateway drug because Mini Motorways is better for me. I don't know what it is. I've tried playing both again. I don't know why it's better. It's just It just is better. But I'll talk about this next week because I'm going to keep this one in bank. And I'll explain why I'm, I'm banking this one for next week. Uh, but I've been playing a game called Railroute, which takes the concept of Mini Metro, but also takes away the simplicity in a good way but i'll talk about more that more next week but you will find yourself probably hankering after something like railroad once you're done with the uh mini games cool yeah i played uh the board game ticket to ride and i'm sure there's digital versions of it available there is uh, yes yes yeah oh cool yeah um yeah very simple but very good fun so yeah i guess if if you're into Mini Metro, Mini Motorways, have a look at that if you haven't. Yeah, there's lots of money to be spent on that because there's like tickets to ride and there's about five different expansions, I think. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the board game expansions, they are they have different play mechanics to a certain degree. It's still blooming railroads, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, they, mm. they do introduce different mechanics in each one. So um, yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah, I think they're the exact same. I think they are the board game expansions as the expansions in the digital version. I think it is literally just the digital version of the board game. Nice. The way it should be. Uh, which I like because you can play board games with friends the other side of the world. Quite right. And I, on that... Or strangers. <laughs> or strangers, yeah. Um, on that note, uh, and again, not video games related, but um, my family, my sister and, and her family were down last weekend and I played uh, Dungeons and Dragons with my nephew With and he's only nine and he was the DM and he, he did a really good job uh, nice oh nice Dungeons and Dragons with the imagination of a child yeah. yeah yeah he had like incredibly high level monsters coming at us uh, which was interesting <laughs> but it was good fun and he, he's very clever is he aware of Dungeons and Dragons or do you just go oi boy here now Dungeons and Dragons no, he I don't know what he is <laughs> No, no, no! He fell down his own rabbit hole with it. Uh, he he started getting into it himself, and um, I think it was via other stuff. So he's into Magic: The Gathering as well. Mm. So it looks like we've got a nerd on our hands, boys. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Next generation of nerds. Yes. Oh, there's definitely. Guys. It's really weird actually looking at sort of like my daughter at four, my son at fourteen. The difference is gaming's just part of her life it's just part of something like she'll pick up the switch and play it she'll play she'll stream with me at times we'll play stuff on the computer she'll ignore video games for a few days and play football or with her with her dolls or other or pokemon and my little pony and all things like that she'll have some days where she's just on the phone but it's not like me where you defined our generation where you defined as someone who plays games yeah um even at 14 my son is someone who plays games I don't think her generation, which is that next decade, I don't think they're going to be defined as that. Games are just going to be something they do, like reading books, watching TV, watching films, listening to music. It's just part of everyday life, which I'm really glad to see that's something that possibly will be happening. Me too, because there's that thing of, you know, once you grow into adulthood, well, it, certainly in the past when I was growing up, um, that you were allowed to... So when you're a kid, you're allowed play. Mm. And that can include sports and stuff. Board games and, and video games and all that sort of stuff. But when you're an adult, you're supposed to only be into Sports. constructive stuff, you know? You know? Like puzzles and, 
you know, crosswords yeah. and maybe maybe chess, but certainly not video games because that's play. You know, sports fine because you get an exercise, and yeah. chess is fine because the intelligentsia are a part of it. But <laughs> video games are like, no, no, that's for children. And I'm really hopeful that that's not going to be the case anymore, which is really good. I I don't think it is, and I don't think any kind of play should be taken away. I, I the idea of being able to play as an adult, I think, is really good for mental health, and for something we'll discuss in a future podcast for sure so what's really weird we haven't planned this um you played a game that i would genuinely love i genuinely love and it's my sort of genre and things like that i've actually played a game that's probably right in your wheelhouse Ooh. Mm, i have and i'm just gonna have to bring my notes up to make sure i get the title right of this and i don't mispronounce it but it's darius burst another chronicle x plus Oh, nice. It's got a re-release, a remaster, I believe, on modern consoles. I, I got a code for this on the Switch. And, yeah, it's really good. I So, I think I've said before, I prefer the horizontal shooters, such as Sinmora and um, Defender, to the vertical shooters. Uh, no idea why, just do. Yes. Um, so, I saw this and went, do you know what? I've not played it. I mean, it's an old... It's a remaster to itself, but I've not played a new shooter, shoot them up properly in a while, so I'll give this a go. And yeah, it's it, it's got all the trappings of a, a shoot em up. It's fast, it's frantic, there's options upon options to make it play how you want to play. Um, there's like tons of bosses in there, and they're like really difficult, some of them, to, to get through. I believe there's like 40, and I've, I think I've come across maybe like 10 so far such is the difficulty of it it's four player co-op as well and all things like that in there all the different power-ups um, it might have something to do with why i've got sight issues because at points it's so far so frantic so bright and just so focused on the screen it is like <laughs> it literally made my eyes bleed um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I mean, thankfully, it wasn't while I was playing it, so I don't, I can't, well, I can't be suing Taito. But oh god, yeah, it's really, really good, really good. Oh, I'm really pleased you like it. Yeah, no, that is an absolute classic. Yeah, it came out about the original came out about well, ten years or more ago now, mm. I think. And um, such is the slow pace of of horizontal scroll development, it's still fairly modern <laughs> like it's a still fairly modern game but yeah no I really like it and I, I'm not a big fan of the Darius series in general like I liked Gaiden uh, Darius Gaiden and G Darius was my favourite one because that was the one where you could grab enemy ships and use them as shields and stuff which is really good uh, it was the first 3D one and um, yeah but Darius Burst has got that fantastic system of using that your power weapon to counter the enemy shot, yeah. you know, the enemy special move, and it, yeah, it works so well. And it's just like this great big boss rush with tons of different branching paths and great play modes, and the graphics are really clean and, and excellent. You know, nothing you know fancy, but just beautifully designed and yeah it's one of the best horizontal scrollers i've played yeah, i think the only other one of those i've played is i possibly played because was there one just originally called just darius yeah right that was the one that was the three screen arcade games about 1983 right i've played that one and i played darius burst g i want to say on pc steam recent like look what i say recently maybe five six years ago it's definitely a darius burst uh, but it had a letter. Yeah. Might be that. Again, I, shoot them up names are all over the shop for me, so. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like the, the name of the series plus letters. That's it. The X plus alpha, etc. Yeah, and yeah, they're really, really good. Really good. I don't know enough about it. This is the thing. And, and this is where you can take maybe my recommendation. I don't know enough about the genre, the series, or anything to say this is what it does well, this is what it doesn't do well compared to others in the genre or anything like that. All I can tell you is someone who dips their toes into this sort of game, wonderful, absolutely loved it. Yeah, that that really makes me happy. Like, genuinely makes me happy that you've discovered it and really like it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, it, it, 
the genre needs a lot of support because it's uh, it's not ailing, but it's uh, it's certainly not at the forefront because vertical shooters still seem to be like bullet hell, and I yeah. I'm not a big fan of bullet hell shooters because no, um, that messes with me because you've got bullet hell, you've almost got to understand what your hitbox is, and your hitbox isn't always just what your ship looks like. And it's like what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't get that. It's just <laughs> it, how did this pass through my ship there, but not there? I don't understand it. Yeah, no, they're they're so technical. Both those and horizontal shooters to a lesser degree. Yeah, but I'd recommend with any picking up anyone picking up any of the modern games. So by modern, I mean in the last twenty years, I would uh, watch some tutorials on YouTube of what to do, such as you know bullet grazing, checking what the hitbox is like, you know the scoring system, power ups, everything. You know the way that they play into the game. It is not something that you would necessarily understand without reading about it. So definitely do that. But it's well worth it if you like that Twitch gameplay. It's, yeah, definitely. it's a weird genre because it really is a pick-up-and-play genre. Everyone understands you've got a ship, you shoot, you move, you try not to get hit. It's so simple, but I've never known something that's so simple yet so complex to penetrate at the same time. It's it's a, such... It's a... It's a... Uh, Oh, well, my mind's gone blank on what that word is now. Paradox. It's a paradox of a genre. It really is. It is. It is. So, but yeah, no, again, for those who don't play lots of these and don't know the ins and outs, I can heartily recommend Darius Burst, another Chronicle X+. Plus. Excellent. So, cool. what else have you been playing? Well, another one that was a surprise and another one that's totally not in my wheelhouse so i saw a sale was on at i can't even remember who it was now fanatical games are they called fanatical.com Probably, yeah, yeah fanatical yeah they do all the bundles as well yeah yeah that's it yeah and um I just saw it on uh, Hot UK Deals, which is a, a potential minefield of spending all the money that you've earned off selling your Super Mario for two million. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, they do, they're do doing a bundle at the moment. It should still be going by the time people are listening to this, where you can get like one game for 89p, five for £2.49, I want to say, and 10 yeah, yeah, for yeah. £4.80 or something. Uh, so it's really yeah. They good. rotate them every month, like different yeah, yeah, different types of those deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were some in it I really wanted, and I'll talk about them in the future. But the one that I started with was Steve Jackson's Sorcery! Exclamation uh, mark, which is <laughs> people may not know it. It got a conversion from its book form uh, about oh, eight, seven or eight years ago, and it's mainly a sort of handheld device game it's an interactive fiction game but it what it is is it's a steve jackson alongside ian livingston was responsible for fighting fantasy yeah in the early 80s so it's that's like, a name that's a name exactly very ian evocative livingston. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, one of my heroes and uh, he hasn't yet done anything to disavow me of that but yeah no i really really like that man um yeah so created like we're talking about D and D style stuff, but in a, in a book form that you could play on your own and use dice turn, rolls. Turn and stuff. to page sixty four if you want to know what decisions Stu makes to talk about next. Yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> Hang on, let me just roll my dice. Oh yeah, it's a six. I'm all right. Uh, so yeah, and it's um it's basically six means Bradley shuts up while you let you talk. Oh no, I think that's a that's a much higher. That's like a natural twenty <laughs> on a D twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah no the the video game version is like yeah interactive fiction so it's sort of you know these it, almost comic book style sort of visuals which has uh its own style separate to the book's art which is fantastic i can't remember the name of the uh the artist who did it uh he's dave something but he absolutely amazing really unusual artist and his stuff is in there but there's a general art style that's more comic booky, so you get a contrast, and you get to just like it's it's basically touch touchpad or mouse and keyboard sort of stuff, where you click where you want to go next, which constitutes the turn to such and such a page, mm-hmm. but you're clicking it on a map, and it's you know really attractively presented, and the main difference is that they've added a, a whole load of dialogue and choices and options and directions and expanded the map 
And originally, Sorcery uh, was a four-book series, and it's a four-game series as well now, separated. Um, and it's notable for having a, a magic system that was more sophisticated than the, the fighting at the time in those books. So, yeah, loads to unpack there, but, you know, have a look on YouTube if you're interested in what it looks like. But it's, um, yeah, it's a really, really good game so far. It, it I've played the, the original books to death, and it's a nice way to come back to it from 1983. The only drawback I'd say is that it, the combat is really... I haven't got to grips with it yet. It's this really strange system where you uh, you have two drawings of like yourself on the left and... Uh, an enemy on the right, like you would in a one-on-one uh, -on -one fighting game. And you have to choose what, how close to the enemy you want to be, and that constitutes how powerful your attack is, which is fine. I and mean, like, if you're all the way to the left, it's defend, which is fine in concept, but I'm not sure how you, you're supposed to work out when the opponent is defending, because they, they don't move. Mm. So I'm still getting to grips with that. But other than that, little caveat, it's really good fun. Excellent. That's, that's interesting, actually. So, cause my, my question was going to be, is it quite a static game? In, or is there like lots of animation and stuff uh, and stuff like that? So I'm assuming it is essentially reading, stroke, playing the books in, in digital form rather than a full-on video game. Yeah, yeah. Definitely more yeah. in the style of, you know, um, seven days seven doors seven whatever whatever that one's called that kind of yeah. interactive storybook moving panels animated comic mm. style um rather than the kind of more impressive dice legacy that you were playing last you know talking about last week yes where yes. The, you know it's it's uh it looks like a board game but everything is fully articulated and animated yeah. it's not a, it's not to that degree but it would it suits I, I was playing it on pc but it would really would suit playing it on you your phone you know one yeah. of those uh but yeah really the really first i suppose real digital version of those was and i keep oh, i'm gonna kill myself now because i forget the name what was that really that looked almost like a real cartoon dragon something or other from the 80s oh that's gonna bug me now what format was um, it on it was like in the arcades as well oh dragon's lair like, dragon's lair that's the one ah, of course yeah, yes dragon's lair I was having because all I got in my head was like Dragon's Dogma. And I was like, it's not Dragon's Dogma. No, it's not Dragon's Dogma. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. About yeah, 25 Slayer. years that, between that, them. <laughs> yeah, that was almost like the first full sort of like choose your own adventure video game. Yeah. Yeah. And But yeah, the older fighting fantasy books and, and like, they're the ones that got me into reading. Obviously, realizing now why I didn't really like reading books too much when I was younger because probably like obviously ADHD. But um, yeah, those got me into reading. And I would read those and play those, and for like as long as I was allowed to, because they they were so because you like read a page or maybe even like even part of a page, and then you went and you had to make a decision. They was they was interactive, and it's that interactivity that brought me in. So yeah, I might I might try and um, source those ones. I might source some sorcery. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Do sorry. It. Well, no, don't apologise. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't underestimate how how much of an impact Dungeons & Dragons has had on video games. It's almost like the complete foundation for most of it. Because <laughs> there was that, like, in the early 80s, there was that drive to try and make a Dungeons & Dragons experience that you could have on your own. You know, A, because it would be fun, but be to make money and turning that group experience into a solo experience was really really hard obviously and yeah. computers came along and it's like the computer plays the you know the dungeon master and six other characters <laughs> off you go so you know yeah. everything from rpgs and story-based fantasy has got such a debt to dungeons and dragons in the gaming world well, you look at how popular roguelikes are at the moment. So, you like your Hades yeah. and your... They're essentially dice roll games. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. that's what you're doing. You're getting a dice roll, you're making a decision, you push on, you get another dice roll. It's just all... Ha I mean, most video games are based around random number generation, which is what Dungeons & Dragons was based on. Yep. 
So yeah, it's. I mean, I, I, again, I've not played much Dungeons and Dragons. I've had a couple of goes, but I've never had the confidence to get into character or anything like that. Um, but I will always defend it when people go. Oh, it's a nerd's thing. It's like if you've ever played any kind of interactive thing, you have Dungeons and Dragons to thank. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, cool. no, yeah. Um, I, I might, I might definitely check those out if I get a chance to. But I've been playing one other thing that is probably about as far removed as you can get. Do you know the theme park simulators you get? So theme park, um, Parkitect, Roller Coaster Tycoon, all of those. Yep. Right. What do they all have in common? They I'll, have. I'll interrupt you. I'll they, tell you. They're outside. Gonna, well, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say they all have little kids puking if they eat too much. Yeah. So does my flat, but you know it's not a builder. <laughs> True. Um, they're all set outside so if you're going to make your your own theme park builder and you wanted to set it apart from the rest where, where would you set it? outside on the moon no uh, no we've already done outside Mars we've already done outside uh, indoors oh right yeah which is the concept of indoor lands <laughs> funny that <laughs> which is well, no, uh, that's a lot of build up oh, that's convoluted build up unlike the some of the games we've been speaking about. We didn't, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, it's basically, it's a, I don't want to say generic. It's a, it's a bog standard theme park simulator, builder, uh, resource finances manager, where you need to build a theme park indoors, essentially. So it reminds me almost of, do you know when you go to like some um, seaside towns and you've got the piers and they've got like the little fairgrounds inside? Yes. It's almost like one of those, but trying to be on a bigger scale. I'd imagine what the Americans probably get. They probably have, they actually have these proper, like, full-on theme parks indoors. But, yeah, you go in, you've got, you know, free reign to design your own theme park, place rides, wherever you build your own parts in there, and then manage it to within an inch of its life. Like most of them, you can go sort of, like, really challenging and really care about the finances, managing the staff, all that. Or you can sort of make it as simple as you like and just go to want to build a film park, a film park, a theme park, and just watch it do its stuff. It's interesting. It's nowhere... It's not as good as the likes of theme park or planet, planet coaster or anything like that or planet zoo. It, it lacks something. But it's not, it clearly hasn't got the budget of those games. It's an indie game, but it's got some nice ideas. It looks decent enough. Um, unfortunately, and this is, this is where I'm going to, why I really want to bring it up. For everything it does well, I struggle to play it because there is a real lack of accessibility options. Everything's right. really bright, menus aren't easy to see. It lacks the idea of here's what we want you to do, but it doesn't make it clear what that's attached to. Um, so it has like it has like the um, the text all at the bottom, and it's telling you about something, but it doesn't show it up enough. Whereas I prefer stuff that has maybe an animation coming from a label with that text coming from that label, or a clear here's the text at the bottom. You're reading that, and it's flashing up fully like hey this is what we're talking about in the tutorial which is what i think these games need yeah. um, it doesn't have that and it, yeah it just made it very very difficult for me to get into but once i scratched bef below that surface and got through that it's a dead enjoyable game um just again with a lot of these and i think you get this from smaller studios it needs better onboarding and i think it would you know it's a good game and i think it would reach a decent audience if it had some good onboarding up uh, but otherwise i think a lot of people might look at it try it and bounce off early unfortunately right right yeah no that sounds like a bit of an issue yeah mm. uh, but yeah but, but, but i said the side for it it's um it's really good once you get into it it's you know i, I enjoy the building mechanics are solid uh and i've played others where it's frustrating where you try to build like um a layout and it doesn't go oh you can't quite do it here and it's like no no you've got to build it here but i don't want to build it there look you're talking about a pixel's worth of space where you're saying i can't actually build it stopping me it doesn't have to have any of that it seems quite free in where you can put stuff 
which is really good. I say, it's, I think it's still in early access as well, so there is still time. But as I said, you've really got to want to play it and get through that introduction to get the most out of it. But if you do, yeah, decent enough. All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. One to sit on then. Yes. You been playing anything else? No, nothing else, unfortunately. All right, so before we move on, um, we're recording this on the Thursday, and on the Wednesday of this week, there was a Nintendo Indie World. Whew. Have you ever seen a human being explode? Yeah, well, I w- watched live footage of you on Twitch when you were watching it. Popped everywhere. Oh, my God. Do you want to... I don't know if you've seen it, but what game do you think could have made me explode all over the place <laughs> if it got announced for the Switch? I, I haven't seen the, uh, the the delivery, the presentation, unfortunately. Okay. Right. I'm going to say three words. It's Tetris, Effect, Connected on Switch. That's five words. I don't care. Nothing else matters in life. <laughs> At last. Oh, my last. sweet Jesus. Oh, I, I let out a scream of delight because I, I had it on um, due to eye issues, which we'll talk about in a minute. I um I had to mainly just listen to it. And then blah, blah, blah. All I heard was the word enhance. And I went, no. <laughs> and then I heard the music. They confirmed it. And I went, Like literally, part that sort of like pops head out. And goes, is everything okay? I, yeah, yeah. So it what? I went. Tetris is Tetris effects coming to the switch. She went off a f- crying out loud. Shut up. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yeah, I just yeah, I can't wait. Um, October that comes out. Oh man. Um, and yeah, it's cross play. It's everything. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh yeah, I mean it. It, it had to happen because it's uh, at its heart, it's a handheld game. I know it like they, they use the NES for competitions and it got PC release and all that. But you know, it's really it was that Game Boy game that that did it. And you know, yeah. having like having it on all these platforms but not on the Switch was insanity. So thank God they've seen sense. Yeah, not on a Nintendo system. Because one of the first things my son said was he went, well, surely it should be on the Switch anyway. It's Tetris. That's a Nintendo game. I had to explain to him it's not actually a Nintendo game. Here's the story about licensing for you, son. <laughs> um, and he just and he phased out halfway through. I was like, uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's it should be on a Nintendo console in handheld form. <laughs> because Absolutely. it's Tetris. It has to be. Um, that should be the law. Any Tetris game that's made should at least be optioned to Nintendo to put on a handheld. I agree. Harsh penalties uh, if not done, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, amazing. I didn't think this one would, in all fairness, because it's it's not resource heavy. I don't want to say that, but it, I feel it needs more power than most Tetris or any other Tetris game because of all the effects and the the music and what it actually does. It's not, it's really weird because it can play a basic game of Tetris, but it doesn't at the same time. Yes. So I did wonder whether this would ever make it. Um, This is why I was so excited for a Steam Deck because that was going to be the way I could play Tetris Effect in handheld. I'm going, do I need a Steam Deck now? Of course I need a Steam Deck now. Of course I still need one. But (laughs) um, that was my number one reason for getting one. But yeah, but I mean, that for me was like the big news. For others, I mean, just a quick roundup of what's coming soon. So you've got Loop Hero is coming to the Switch. Fantastic game. Toem, which is a minimalist um, photography game in monochrome. Really, really interesting game. This is a big one, I suppose. But Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeons, which is a puzzle-based dungeon crawler in the Shovel Knight universe. Looks amazing. But literally, that got announced before Tetris, and I was like, Lucas, Lucas, get this written down because I need this game. I don't want to forget. And he was like, oh. I said, this is the best thing announced at the Indie World. Shovel Knight, but a puzzle version. He's like, all right, Dad, whatever. I went, it can't get any better than this. Um, and then it did. Metal Gear um, Tactics. Oh, Metal Slug Tactics, sorry. Not Metal, not to get people excited there. Metal Slug Tactics, we'd known about that. I can't remember if we knew it was coming to Switch or not, but that's definitely coming. Cool. 
obviously Tetris Effect. Um, I spoke about this game before, and it's one that I really want people to try out, and hopefully it gets the audience. 100 Days, which is the wine-making, deck-building simulator type game which is really 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 good play it get it on the switch if you didn't want to get it on the pc game beasts is coming to the switch that's a fantastic game my daughter saw that she really wants to see that that's coming later this year i believe um and finally eastward which comes out on my birthday around two days before my birthday if anyone wants to get me a present um eastward that's coming that's like a stardew valley s post-apocalyptic thing looks brilliant can't wait to play that now, you'd think Nintendo were done. This indie world was done. You've got Tetris Effect. You've got a new Shovel Knight. You've got their big reveal. That Eastwood was their big like end of show reveal, which is, okay, it's a really big game. I say Gambeast is coming. You've got Metal Slug. You've got all those. That should be it. But no, they're not done. Shadow dropped at the same time. You had Garden Story, which is uh, like a Stardew Valley-esque type thing. Looks really interesting. I've got a code for that. We'll give that a go. Boyfriend Dungeon, game I've been looking forward to for ages. It's a dungeon crawler where you date uh, magical swords and you use those swords to battle enemies because it's indie games and it looks fantastic. Islanders, that's come out. That's a, uh, a city builder type game that's kind of relaxed and very natural looking. I've played that on PC. That's on Switch. That looks really good. And literally just put in like halfway through the show as so it was nothing. Um, Axiom Verge 2, Shadow Dropped. On the Nintendo Switch as a console time, I believe it's like something that's a bit of a timed exclusive, possibly. I don't know. But Shadow dropped on the Switch. Nice. And, like, I remember that being a big announcement about a year or so ago, maybe 18 months ago, because who knows what time is anymore. And that was like a big showstopper. It was just like, yeah, that's, that's out today. Excellent. I'm like, bloody hell. <laughs> um, so for anyone who says oh, Switch doesn't have much going on for it because you know, Nintendo aren't releasing much every week, yeah, yep, that's, that's a <laughs> that's a list. That that is quite quite the list. No, that's good. It's a good lineup, and it, it's good going into the sort of you know latter half of the year with good stuff to look forward to. Yeah, and I'll get you to put a timer on this when you edit it. Did I actually breathe during that? No, no, <laughs> I can see you going puce from here, <laughs> glowing. But oh, yeah, um, I love indie games, man. The indie world, but people look forward to like the big Nintendo Directs. I, I love the indie world ones because you're guaranteed a shadow drop of something. You're guaranteed, but yeah, it exceeded all expectations. All expectations. You'll basically end up owning all of those pretty much on day one, won't you? So the the ones that got shadow dropped, ironically enough, I got codes on Steam for. So I haven't actually got them on Switch. Ah. Um, that's Boyfriend Dungeon and um, Garden Story. I've got to get when I'm going to get myself because um, Axiom Verge releases, uh, Axiom Verge 2, sorry, releases with a, uh, I think it's like a 15% discount for the first week or so. Um, so I'm going to check my credit and possibly get my son to dive on the store and buy that for me. Um, and the Islanders, I'm kind of, I don't know yet. I might pick that up later because I've already, I've already played a bunch of that on Steam. So those, I will own it, but I'm going to probably wait for a sale. But if you haven't played it, do get it. But yeah, probably the ones coming soon. I mean, I don't know how much I'm going to be doing a lot of begging and sort of like kissing ass of um, Tatsuyi Michiguchi, of Mark McDonald, of Enhance, and just be going, please. Please, pre-release code, please. Oh, no. I would do anything. Debase um, yourself. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I would do anything for that game to get it a little bit early. I know, right? And surprisingly, there's a game coming out I know a secret about that I still cannot say anything about, and that wasn't in that. Um, and I can't wait for that one if it does happen. Uh, but yeah, Whew. that's video games. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be able to play some of them and actually see them. Segway. 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 Yes. 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 Fingers crossed. And that's a good segway. Well, depends. <laughs> depends who the segway is. For me, yeah. Like, shit. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I had another bleed on my eye on Monday which made my vision is completely destroyed again uh, because last week my operation on my left eye 
was postponed and I've still not got a new date for it. Uh, Monday evening, my, my vision during Monday was really, really good throughout like Monday and stuff like that. I was like, oh yeah, I can start really, I'd started putting into plan my video stuff. I think I'd like uh, put all the new graphics into the, um, the, like, the intro and the subscribe buttons on uh, Premiere Pro, really getting ready for it. I had everything prepped. I was starting to sort of go, right, what can I do to script a video? All got them that e Monday evening, I had another major bleed and everything's got blurry again. Um, and anything that shows any kind of brightness means I cannot see it. Um, it gets this really intense glow around it. So that's me probably put back another three to four weeks again. The doctor, well, the hospital and the, the experts just literally dismiss it with, a, well, that's you've got diabetes, it's going to happen. Great, that's not what I want to hear. No date on my operation yet. Uh, Tuesday morning, I kind of just... Uh, I, I couldn't care less. You know, I, I was at that point where... Basically, someone could have said, oh, by the way, the world's ending today because we screwed it up. And I would have gone, yeah, fair enough. Don't bother me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was just really frustrating. Um, as I said to as I said to you before we started recording, Stu, I was literally at the point where I was there's no point in doing the um doing the podcast. What am I going to get from it? What am I going to do from it? And really, that's how low I got. Um, but I, I did again the I, the thought of even doing the podcast, I could not be bothered about. Snapped out of it a bit. Spoke to someone at the um, RNIB, which is the Royal National Institute for the Blind or something like that. Spoke to someone there who has advised me, this is what I need to do. I should be able to go for um, personal independence payments um, because my vision issues alongside my mental health issues, alongside my diabetes uh, and things like that should mean I should be eligible. And I think I spoke about a time before when I called to try and get that and I was essentially told, you're wasting your time. There's no point. Uh, apparently, they should never have said that um, because that's not the case. Yeah. So the, the lady I spoke to there gave me some hope. This all coincided with me getting a message from Universal Credit from a work coach going, you need to find work or we'll start to cut your benefits like oh crap i can't actually find work so then like, thankfully i was able to get a a long-term uh fit for work note to say that i can't so that that's helpful there again i don't want to be on benefits i want to work but again as far as you know i'm unemployable at the moment because it's not the being the visually impaired that's the problem if i was long-term visually impaired and i knew this is what my vision was going to be like i could go right this is the sort of work i can do but I was a designer. I can't go back into design. I can't know what I can train for because I've, well, my site's good for a week and then it goes again. Or it might be good for a month and it goes again. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I know they're not meant to discriminate employees, but who's going to... If you've got me going there and someone else who's as good as me at the job or whatever, and I'm going, yeah, but I might need time off every few weeks because I might be blind, you're going to hire the other person. Um... I don't blame anyone for that, so I'm not. I'm not. No one's going to hire me. So that's become that. That's frustrating. That I can't look for work. Thankfully, that side of it's being sorted. And again, the RNIB lady, she turned around and said that once you know what's going on, you can actually apply for grants to help you get to work. So you'll get travel concessions. Um, if you work from home, such as like if you need a bigger monitor or anything like that, you can get grants for that. You could get, like she said, like she used before, in the before times, she used to go to clients uh, to help advise and stuff like that. Uh, because she can't legally drive, basically the grants and that cover her getting a driver. So she yeah. would use that. So there are concessions there that can help. But she said, obviously, that depends on like you not being stuck in limbo with your treatment. So, but yeah, it's so uh, thankfully talking to um, this lady really, really helped me. And the point I suppose I'm trying to make is if you're ever in a situation where you you are brought down, where you are feeling depressed over a situation, um, again, it's, I suppose, distinguishing that you can have depressive moments over certain things. You can also have just depression. You can have both at the same time. You can have neither. And I, you know, I am a long-term depression suffer of depression and i had a real depressive moment over what's going on with my site 
if it's over a particular moment, find an expert um, in some way and speak to them. There's charities are plenty out there who will help you because they will give you that perspective you need. As I say, I don't, I don't think without, you know, I'll be totally honest, I don't think I was at the point where I was thinking, screw it, I'll take my life. Um, but I honestly think that if I didn't have that advice on hand, or I, you know, I didn't, someone didn't point me in that direction, I could have continued to spiral to the point where I'm going, well, I've got enough tablets and insulin out there just to do myself in. Yeah. So do reach out, even if it's to a friend, just go look. What do you think I should do? Because at least someone's aware. They might provide. They, even if they can't point you in the right direction, they're aware and they can help. They might be able to help you find the right people, but do reach out all times. Um, I think when I said to you about it, I think I said to you yesterday, but you said, just look, if you do need to call, whether it's text chat or voice chat, just let me know. Yeah. Um, and that, I, did, I didn't need it because I, you know, I had all the different calls I was having anyway, but it was comforting to know that was there. So again, just make sure you've got someone there who's aware of what you are potentially going through because it does help loads as cliche as it sounds it's a cliche for a reason i think absolutely no it's great advice uh just knowing that there are people out there who will start to deal with it for mm. with you uh and stuff is really great so it's kind of like it doesn't matter if you go to somebody okay i'm in this situation you know it's awful and they go all right, well, I'll give you a million pounds. Or they go, well, I'll give you a banana so you've got some potassium in you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. that care, it's that attention towards the problem. It's recognising that it exists and then trying to help with it. Uh, just that emotional support and logistical and, you know, real life support as well. But just knowing that that support is there and people care enough to try, even if it doesn't have any result, is such such a relief you know it, it, it's such a relief to have have it backing you up um and you know one of the things that's great about the sort of newer generation younger people is how they recognize mental health uh, uh, you know highs and lows and and how that needs supporting and they can be much more honest about it with one another and i think that's absolutely fantastic and it gives you access to that support and sometimes knowing the support is there takes away the anxiety and you know th therefore you can just move on with different things so yeah no i agree with everything that you said there yeah yeah you make a really good point about the uh the younger generation actually i don't think i've ever heard someone let's say in their mid-20s or below ever turn around and say to someone else oh, i just need to get over it quite yeah or yeah just you know try and be happier that they've got an understanding whereas i still hear from people our gen sadly our generation and above um so your mid-30s to your sort of like anything up to your 80s and 90s go from not even believing that um depression's a thing to, to yeah but you know you smiled you went over it come on just smile a bit more you still get those but the younger generation no i think they're fully understanding of it yeah um, but it's not a weakness I mean, I think that's that. Therein's the difference. You often hear, to paraphrase some of the arguments, and I, I might get one, but oh, if we went to war, you know, who's actually going to go out and fight our wars? You know, they're all going to be behind computers and stuff like that. Not wanting to go out and get yourself killed for a war that's not yours, that shouldn't be happening anyway, is not weakness. Um, talking about your feelings is not weakness. Yeah, it's it's strength. It's a different kind of strength because the world has changed. And we still, what's really hard, you're still hearing people going, oh, you don't, like to young people, you don't know what it's like, get off your arses, you know, you, you know. There is no jobs out there. The jobs are disappearing because your generation are making it so the jobs aren't there because you're wanting the jobs longer or you found ways to automate it over the many years. So those jobs are all disappearing, which means we can't afford homes and things like that because the homes are ridiculously expensive so we've had to you know the younger generation especially our gen i would say the 30 somethings millennials and, and below we've had to find other ways of dealing with things we're going through things that the older generation will never understand they'll never understand why it's so difficult to find somewhere to live why it's so difficult to find a career and why 
people don't want to do the equivalent of working down a mine <laughs> because no yeah no tar um so but yeah it's it is a changing world and again as i said as long as our generation and above hasn't completely destroyed it for the younger generation i do believe they are going to make it better depression isn't going to be a thing in the past mental health isn't going to be a thing of the past but it's not going to be the taboo that it is today yeah no i agree yeah i think it's it's moving in a very positive direction like that and hopefully the world won't have burned to a cinder before they can feel the the benefit of it yeah because that's a whole other debate (laughs) yeah the world is literally on fire at the moment it's scary but yeah no that's definitely a whole 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 other debate we'll get we'll we'll work out soon that talking about things is okay um, but we'll be doing it from our underground bunkers was the world above us burns you got it (laughs) Uh, i still believe fallout is a is a uh instructional video rather than just an entertainment video game (laughs) yeah i'll bring some of my zombie strategy into it as well and uh play that game and then i'll be future fit I've already tattooed a target on my neck. It's fine. Awesome. Ready to go. Um, as long as it happens after October the 8th, it's all good. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's when Tetris comes out. Do you know what? <laughs> I, I'm probably going to, yeah, I'm probably going to buy it as well on the day just because you've got me so enthusiastic about it. It's just catching. Apparently, I do that. I, <laughs> I've got this thing where I get so enthusiastic about games because I, 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 especially indie games, I love seeing. Uh, I, I suppose I should say this that Indie World presentation done me a world of good in terms of my own mental health because it gave me something to really look forward to I spoke about it before something as silly as a video game you like coming out gives you a reason to continue and it gives you something to look forward to yeah and that was the case there but other people said to me oh, could you stop being so enthusiastic about video games because I keep buying stuff that I don't actually like <laughs> yeah yeah well I can't help it yeah, that kind of happened with Mini Metro, but I'm going to I'm going to plow on with it. I'm going to keep going. It is good. But yeah, just I, I I will advise you for now against playing Railroad. What we'll do if my eyes get better. Oh, I actually one. As long as my eyes get about 50% better, we'll do a um we'll do a video on it, a quick play on it because it's like black background with white lines on it so i can see that one it's why i've been playing a lot of it we'll do a video on it and you can play it vicariously through me because it's really good it's really good. sounds like a plan excellent uh, but that's me done i'm gonna roll a seven and i am gonna be quiet oh what a relief uh, no i'm just messing um, <laughs> so yes i hope everybody has a good week to come and as usual follow us on all the socials pay towards our upkeep on patreon if you can afford it and you'd like to or pay a one-off on coffee and in the meantime for the next week stay safe enjoy your games and stay sane